Hey, welcome to the Afikra podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today we have the first episode in our brand new movie night series. We start with the one and only Viola Shafit, who is a film theorist, scholar, author, and filmmaker in her own right. Viola is one of the foremost experts on the history of Arab cinema. She's the perfect person to kick off the series. I hope you enjoy the conversation and have your pen ready because there are a lot of names dropped, and a lot of good recommendations for films to check out. Hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone to the first edition of our new Movie Night podcast. Our special guest is Dr. Viola Shafit, who is an Egyptian-German film theorist, curator, scholar, and filmmaker. She is known for writing and directing My Name is Not Ali, which came out in 2011, and directing the document, uh, documentary Arij, Scent of a Revolution, in 2014. She's the author of Arab Cinema, History and Cultural Identity, which was first published in 1998 and most recently revised in 2016. The book has become an indispensable touchstone for students studying the rich heritage of Arab movies and Arab cinema. She's also the author of popular Egyptian cinema, Gender, Class, and Nation, and the editor of the brand new uh, book, Documentary Filmmaking in the Middle East and North Africa. She's taught at Ludwig Maximilian University, the American University in Cairo, and Zurich University, among others, and has worked as a consultant for many film festivals around the world. Viola, welcome to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so was, much for <laughs> yeah, making this possible. Thank you. Of course. It's a it's an honor. I was telling you that I bought your book many many years ago and uh for me it helped me make sense of what Arab cinema is and might be. I'm curious if you can give us a little sense of when you decided that you were interested in cinema from the Arab world um as opposed to or in addition to cinema as a medium film as a medium more broadly well just before you started um letting people in we were speaking about displacement right so yeah. i guess we have a shared history of well displacement or at least you know sort of a growing up between countries uh so this is what actually the reason why uh, i got interested in arab cinema uh because i was uh, well i lived i was born in germany and i lived uh, parts of my childhood in egypt but still when i started studying i was uh, in germany and i worked uh during my studies i was very lucky to work at the metropolis which is a communal cinema in hamburg which is also today a sort of small very small uh, cinematic so they are collecting films as well uh, and they allowed us to curate it was very uh, the the director was very open so i started curating film series and uh, i started of course with you know egypt and palestine and syria these were the countries i was interested in and i tried to present. So the trigger for my PhD thesis was actually a question that was posed to me by one of the uh, by an a journalist uh, during the opening she said what's so special about uh, arab cinema and how does it is it is it different than any other cinema in the world and i i guess that was was my my yeah the reason and my motivation why i started looking for culture for the issue of cultural identity what's so special about uh, arab cinema and i went into into the history of it and of course it was also a search for 
uh, let's say myself, but also a way to use cinema as a platform to uh, present that region, yeah. uh, which I felt was at the time in the, uh, and this I'm speaking about the mid late 80s, uh, was very underrepresented. Plus, Palestine particularly was very, uh, you know, negatively presented in the European press and in Germany. Uh, so this was all kind of a heavy, uh, you know, burden uh, to people who have a, a link to the Arab world at the time. So for for me, it was something that I needed to work on. And I think it was very important to go to go kind of uh, public with and through cinema. Yeah. I wonder at that moment, the journalist asks you that question. What's so special? Is it a question that you felt you knew the answer to and you were angry that she didn't or he didn't know the answer to it? Or is it that you also didn't know the answer? What is so special about the cinema? Yeah, I think um, because I wasn't, I was still a student and I, yeah. I, I was just doing, I think I'm, I was still with my master's. Or so, so I didn't really know how to answer exactly. Yeah. Particularly, there was always at the time also this, this slogan of or this, this uh, accusation of uh, plagiarism looming in somewhere, you know, as if because the West had invented this uh, technique and the whole techno technology, well, it was suspected that Arab cinema uh, uh, is just, you know, an imitation and the, that there is nothing special about it, except, of course, the language and, you know, the folkloristic part of it and so on. And uh, for me then to, to dive into the history of Arab cinema and also particularly actually popular uh, cinema was an important aspect because or an important uh, device for me to unravel uh, actually this the, the peculiarities and for me my I think the main the core uh, let's say message of Arab cinema uh, of the book was particularly the, the first part is that I found that there was this attempt to bring in cultural traditions from the region and to recycle them, to adapt them to uh, cinema, to the new medium. Let's go back to that moment. So um, this is the late 80s or early 90s uh, when you are turning your thesis into, into a book or when you're finishing your thesis. This is before the internet. This is not, there isn't a huge archive. You can just go online. You can't order DVDs. You can't download things on Vimeo or how do you even get all these titles that you're describing from the twenties and the thirties and the forties? Tell me about the process of going to Egypt to actually see all these films that you I'm sure didn't grow up watching. Well, as I said, the photo, I think it should be the, it must be the Behna uh, company, which was in Alexandria, which was reopened as a cultural center. Uh, and they were, you know, it was a production company. It used to be in the, in the golden era and uh, Egyptian era. And um, uh, it was then also, I think they were also distributing films, but I'm not, 
I'm not 100% sure, you know, but sure. uh, it could be. Um, anyway, so uh, the, 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 uh, I never entered actually an Egyptian archive, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I just watched some films in the then archive, but I never had a chance to enter any of these uh, uh, of the facilities where the films are, which I, I hear are in horrible conditions. Uh, but at least at the time, it was still possible to watch films. What I used actually more extensively in, in Egypt were, was the Catholic, uh, the Catholic, the Catholic, um, there was a Catholic film, uh, um, not an a film archive, but an archive for, for um, uh, uh, articles and so on, and and then also Makasorgen um, Magaya, which was I I can I don't know how to translate that. It it's a small center that was actually yeah. um, uh, founded. It's also hosting the film critics in 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 Cairo. It was founded in the mid. 70s and they have also an archive had an archives with you know newspaper clippings and some books and so on so these were the ones that i went to in in cairo uh, then um, very useful for me was the um, uh, and very important was actually the cinematic in algeria you know this was at the time the biggest collection for not only african films but uh uh, third world films, but also for Arab films. So there, I I actually watched a good part of films, and and also could go uh, to to um, yeah, and 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 went into their archive to read and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to do an impossible thing, Viola. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to ask you to summarize 140 years of cinema history in uh, a few minutes. Okay. So. Just try to humor me. In, in your book, I, uh, when I read it at first, um, you say in 18, 1896, only a few months after the first screening in Europe had taken place, films by the Lumiere brothers were shown to an exclusive Egyptian audience. So this is the first time the medium makes it to the Arab world in 1896. Give us a sense of what films were like be between 1896 and the 1930s. And then let's kind of go phase by phase. Um, from all the way until maybe the end of the 20th century. Okay, now, now this is almost too much, but okay. <laughs> okay, the first films, I mean, you know, the Brothers Lumiere, these were yeah. uh, something like, these were a minute, films that were just a minute long and yeah. and they we can consider them the first documents uh, of uh, you know uh, of film history yeah. uh, because they were you know like the the the, the train station and the, the, the and the workers of the company and so on but the lumiere brothers and also other uh, european companies sent pretty soon uh, their cameramen to um, many uh, regions but particularly, of course, to North Africa. Egypt, you have to know that Egypt was already in, uh, with regards to European photography, the first and most photographed uh, country ever. Yeah? yeah, since the since the invention of, of photography, um, and of course also Palestine and uh, and the Holy Land. Exactly, the Holy Land. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, they also sent their cameraman naturally, and and these films were more or less, you know, uh, they were were meant for the European market, and uh, but interestingly, these films are. Oh, 
I don't, we don't know what sort of films then were shown in, 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 in uh, North Africa and uh, in Egypt. But first, this was an exclusive audience in the sense that, uh, well, in, in, in Morocco, it was, you know, uh, yeah. the, the king and or the sultan and elsewhere also. Uh, in Egypt, these must have been most probably European and, and, and you know, rich Egyptians who were at first able to see it. But pretty soon, you know, by 1906, we have already the first smaller uh, cinematographs and, and smaller uh, cinemas showing uh, you know, whatever was also available elsewhere. And in yeah. 19, in, in around, in during the World War, First World War, we have, you know, already uh, regular movie uh, theaters in Cairo, uh, which had a very normal or regular uh, screening program like elsewhere. And it was actually also tailored to the local audience in the sense that they had loads for the ladies. They had someone harem um, screenings, but otherwise, you know, they had, uh, you know, um, uh, newsreels showing, yeah. but also, uh, uh, but also Chaplin films and so sure. on. So then I'm going to zoom forward a little bit past the First World War. Tell us a little bit about the importance and significance of the establishment of Studio Masr in the mid-30s and what sort of uh, phase that that uh, kicked off in yeah. Egypt. Yeah. Already, Studio Mesra is, let's say, now let's just make it clear, Egypt was one of the first uh, local film producers producing countries for the reason that it was, uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it had just, it, it could, it, it was uh, economically uh, rich enough to be able to produce or, or to, to produce films. And this was actually prepared also already during the, the 1920s. Yeah, there, there was uh, not only where there are the so-called mutamastri, which means uh, foreigners who lived in Egypt, you know, and and uh, were based there, who could also who who kind of uh, transported uh, the technology, but also had the money. But there were also Egyptians, uh, uh, local uh, entrepreneurs or businessmen, or um, uh, people who were, or even artists who were able to collect money or had sufficient money in order to invest uh, into the new media. And uh, so there were people like Fatma uh, Rojdi or Bahiga uh, Hafez, an daughter of aristocrats, but there was also Togo uh, Mizrahi, for instance, um, offspring of a rich Jewish family. And they created the first studios, which were not, which was not studio Studio Must comes at, at uh, it's already the peak of the movement of creating studios there. The interesting thing about this is that it came from a bank, you know, uh, yeah. the studio, the Misra Bank. So it was sort of as a sort of mm. national investment. So this was a new phase. And actually, the first phase was more that, you know, like the adventurer phase where uh, individuals, rich yeah. individuals, are also artists who collected the big money they had and invested all what they had, you know, also and, and worked. This is when it became uh, an industry. This is when it became exactly a commercial venture. The, 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 this is um, a turning point in the sense that it, it, 
now we have uh, an an industrial place with you know with all the technology now mm -hmm. all the technology was there the film lab the uh, uh, sound studio and everything what was necessary in order to really create a, a stable and actually also during the second world war what many people do not know is that the British uh, newsreels uh, for the Middle East were created also at the Studio Mystery. So let's let's talk a little bit about you as a filmmaker. I was unfamiliar with your films before recently and uh, you know usually film theorists are not also film filmmakers. From your perspective this might sound like a silly question but who were some of your inspirations as a filmmaker this the film i have showing right now the lemon tree came out in 1993 who were some of your uh folks who you look to as inspirations who you tried to channel in your work well actually you know the, the issue is that i i actually started studying uh, fine arts and my <laughs> first inspirations were uh, actually experimental films yeah so uh, the turn then to make so this kind of experientiality you you find still in the lemon tree yeah uh, but which is beautifully shot just beautifully shot and it it was a combination of a short story and the, the biography of of the uh, yeah a writer and politician actually um, uh, so uh, Ibrahim, uh, oh my goodness. No, Shukrallah. No, thank you. I have yeah. now a blackout. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Lack of oxygen. Yeah. No problem. Okay. All righty. So uh, the issue is that, yeah. And then later uh, I, I, I started to discover for myself a uh, documentary, but still one of the... Um, the types of documentary that I like, I was very much inspired by Death, Death of a Prophet, for example, on Lumumba, mm. uh, which is which was shot by, um, of course, I will not remember the name now, but I loved this film when it came yeah. out. It is a personal story combined with uh, with the story of, of Lumumba uh, uh, and his death and his um, yeah. So this type of combination, I like. I liked, and, and this was a film that came out in the '90s. So that that was my schooling, everyone. But of course, also my real school was, you know, these years that I spent at the Metropolis in Hamburg, watching, you know, from Metropolis from the 1920s to, you know, the the Brazilian Novel Vague and the French Novel Vague, of course, yeah. and so on. This was my school, you know, my real film school. Yeah. Okay, let's do this quick Q&A, and then we will open up to some questions from the audience. So the first question is, what have you been watching these days? What are you watching right now? What I'm watching right now, I'm watching a film by uh, Hakim uh, Belabes, <laughs> who was so kind to send me his <laughs> newest film. It's Collapsing Walls, and it's actually beautiful. It's quite poetic, with okay. a lot of small items from his from the village where he comes from. Let me ask you if what is the ratio what is the ratio between films that you watch that are from the last 5 10 years to films that are uh, older than that these days? Are you mostly watching contemporary films right now or do you sort well, of split? As I'm currently learning Italian, I was just this, I, I was, I had, a, I have a very nice teacher who shared with me 
Cecilia Mangini's work, and she was a friend of Pasolini, and her, her short films from the 1950s and 60s are visually amazing and stunning. Uh, so no, I'm looking, I'm watching both actually. And one of cool. the, my most favorite films ever is The Man with a Movie Camera by, you know, from mm -hmm. uh, after the Russian revolution, made after the Re Russian revolution by Chika Bertov. So yeah. I can just recommend to watch old movies because at times you discover that they had invented already all and that we are really lagging behind. When I watched Cecilia Mangini's work now, I felt really ashamed because I felt that I'm, you know, I'm not working sufficiently on my on the visual level. I'm too much with working with my brain. <laughs> Sure. This is why I was also dealing, of course, with documentary, you know, from the theoretical part, because I'm trying as a filmmaker also to understand the medium. Beautiful. So who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? Maybe <laughs> I would have loved to spend a day with, with the Palestinian film unit when they were trying to set up their studio, uh, their, uh, I mean, their lab, you know, the kitchen that uh, Sulafa Jadallah and there's also, I, I saw uh, Nadia Yaqub was here on the, no? Uh, she could tell us much more about this space. Amazing. Uh, what do people most misunderstand about your work? Uh, I think uh, some people misunderstand my work as chronological chronicling Arab cinema. Mm. Um, particularly with popular Egyptian cinema, the book, the, when someone says this, it hurts because there is a lot of theory actually in it, also gender uh, theory and so on. But well, some people yeah. like to, you know, particularly, this happens a lot with, you know, people who come into the field, so they try, you know, but actually I have to, to be honest that as a student, I was uh, also mm, arrogant like this. <laughs> and I also yeah. kind of yeah just swept away with some of the previous works you know saying yeah what are they doing <laughs> yeah. well, it happens <laughs> and last question before we go to the uh, chat is outside of your profession whose work inspires you I guess uh, sometimes uh, certainly thinkers of course but you know, we read so. Yeah, there are so many people that you read uh, that I could not actually tell you immediately or right now who has inspired me most. You know, sure. but certainly also some of the people first. Yeah, hard to hard to tell. Yeah. No problem. Okay, Yasmin, you're up first. Uh, okay, so I have so many questions, and I'm sorry about that. But I guess my the question that I would like to start with is how do you see um, that strain of nationalism now? Like how, like speaking about that influence on cinema, um, how do you see the current relationship between the government and art in today's like Egyptian cinema? You know, I think the relation I mean, I don't want just to talk about Egypt because Egypt is just one of the Arab countries. And I think uh, we always try to break down this kind of Egyptocentrism. 
that is also uh, there. Uh, with regards to, you know, every Arab country has, uh, you know, its own kind of uh, com complicated, um, um, complicated relationships with, with, you know, governments, particularly all of the Arab countries have censorships, even Lebanon. Uh, but in the end, also, you know, other countries, I mean, also Europe has a certain indirect uh, censorship and we have, you know, social censorship is something different than, than the governmental censorship and censorships. Usually we know there are also, uh, uh, you know, kind of, of ranges of where you can, you can, you can um, negotiate because they are people. And very often we had, particularly also in e Egypt, you had also people who were actually mm, uh, like, for example, um, Ali Abu Shadi, for instance, who was a film critic. Of course, he was a representative then of the government, but in the end, he was also interested in the, in, in, you know, in, 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 in the films and was trying to defend sometimes filmmakers. But the, uh, but the, the governments have also so many other actually tools to, uh, you know, to clamp down on 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 filmmaking or actually to 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 monopolize filmmaking. And uh, one aspect is is just economical. You know, you can you can try to uh, create joint ventures and uh, or nationalize. There are also indirect ways, as I said. You can you can uh, create um, you know shadow companies or whatever, and then uh, you know monopolize um, uh, monopolize productions through it. And I think this is one of the problems that is currently happening in Egypt, particularly. But uh, uh, there are also other uh, places where there are a lot of difficulties with regards to, you know, uh, film economy and, and it's, it's very complicated, yeah. Well, Viola, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and for doing all of your work and publishing everything so widely. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you so much for your, for your invitation, of course. Yeah, of and course. For, for everybody for, to listen, for listening. Thank you. Okay, everybody, enjoy your night and your weekend. See you soon. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. Thanks.